Hi, welcome to Making Peace with Emotions. I'm Marshall Bolin. This is the podcast where I share with you some of the insights that I learned as a client of my therapist, the late Amar Bharata. Today, I want to talk about uh, an article that I saw a few days ago on theconversation.com. And the article caught my attention because it was called Depression is Probably Not Caused by a Chemical Imbalance in the Brain. New Study. The first paragraph of this article is, for three decades, people have been deluged with information suggesting that depression is caused by a, quote, chemical imbalance in the brain, namely an imbalance of a brain chemical called serotonin. However, our latest research review shows that the evidence does not support it. This was a major study. Um, the, the two uh, chief contributors to the study are both from University College London, uh, they are Joanna Moncrief, Senior Clinical Lecturer, Critical and Social Psychiatry, and Mark Horowitz, Clinical Research Fellow in Psychiatry. Uh, both of those are UCL, and um, the study was uh, contributed to by lots of people from multiple universities. And... Uh, I really recommend that you read it. I'm going to post a link to it, to the article and to the study itself in uh, the YouTube description and the podcast uh, description. And I want to know what you think. I want to know what you think about that and this uh, podcast episode that I'm making. Um, if you would like to comment in the YouTube comments, go for it. Uh, or if you're listening to this uh, as an audio podcast and you want to email me, my email is marshallbolin at marshallbolin.com. So um, maybe you read this article and your reaction to it is, okay, uh, that's intriguing, but then how do we account for my devastating depression that seems to get worse and worse? And in this podcast episode, I'm going to tell you uh, some of the things that I learned from Amar Bharata about the model for emotional health that he developed and which I have practiced myself for years and which I now help other people to learn. So one thing that drew me to Amar in the first place is that he didn't have a, a medical orientation towards emotional health. Um, and that's exactly what I was looking for, because I had the sense that my problems had to do with how I was approaching my life. And at the same time, I was not able to think myself out of those problems. Uh, they were getting worse and worse, and I needed some help. So he was a great person to work with, um, because working with him, I didn't have to uh, think of myself as defective or flawed in some way and in some medical way. But I could follow his guidance and learn about the meaning behind 
my emotions and uh, the vicious cycles that I was experiencing and the double binds and um, self-fulfilling prophecies that were perpetuating my problems with depression and anxiety. So this is complex stuff. And uh, one thing that I learned from Amr is that it's essential to appreciate the complexity of emotional problems if you're going to really effectively recover from them long term. And uh, I want to spread Amr's theory as far and wide as I can. And part of my uh, agenda to do that is by having this podcast and with working with people who want to learn Amr's model and practice it. I'm not a, a licensed psychologist or counselor or therapist, uh, but uh, I don't need to get into I don't need to get into anything medical in order to impart what I learned from Amr to other people who might find it useful. So, what would Amr have to say about this question? Well, if it's not due to a chemical imbalance, how can we account for the problem getting worse and worse? And I think that you'll quite possibly agree with me that Amr's answer to that is something that is self-evident, but it's really tricky. It's kind of hidden in plain sight. And because of the nature of the vicious cycles that are involved, I can see why uh, understanding of what's going on here eludes such a large population of the world that uh, is struggling with these issues and at the same time are such brilliant and uh, solution-oriented people who are often quite caring. Okay, so let's look at two vicious cycles that are distinct but related that are going on in depression. A problem with depression. So the first one is I'm looking at my depression and looking at the feeling itself as something that needs to be eliminated. What I'm saying as is my feelings of depression are um, flawed. They are defective and uh, there's something shameful about that. And so it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for me to feel these feelings of depression. And therefore, I need to get rid of them. And implied in the agenda of trying to get rid of them, I'm also saying that they're not connected to anything in my life. There's nothing meaningful about them. They're not helpful. All they do is hurt and they make no sense. They come from out of nowhere. But what if this is the case? What if it's the case that we are trained to disconnect from the meaning of emotions? And what if it's the case that I'm depressed about um, maybe I lost someone important to me and I'm grieving their death? Or I'm stuck in a situation at work or in my romantic life that is uh, it's not getting better. It's not meeting my needs and I feel worse and worse about it, but I'm stuck. I can't get out of it. The, in those situations, it would be very natural to feel depressed. But if I'm trained to 
look at my depression as something void of meaning that needs to be eliminated, I might find myself in this catch-22 where my natural, healthy, normal feelings are telling me, hey, there's something in my life that uh, is really meaning to, meaningful to me and it's not going well. But I'm going to try to get rid of that feeling instead of acknowledge the sense that my feelings make and or work on my life if there's something that can be addressed. And so what this leads to is somebody saying, um, I just need to get over my depression and then I'm going to get back into my life. But what if it's the case that getting back into my life is what would change my situation from one in which I feel depressed to one in which I feel more empowered and um, self-effective and uh, more in, uh, I feel more joy. Um, so this is going on in depression and it's going on in all of the emotional problems where we say, first, I'm going to get over my feelings and then I'm going to get back into my life. And then because our emotions are in healthy working order, we continue to feel depressed because our life is not being acknowledged and tended to. That's the first vicious cycle. And uh, the second one is that I'm looking at my feelings of depression and I'm saying, okay, uh, feeling depressed is a problem in itself and I need to get rid of it. And then when I try to get rid of it, it, it turns out that I can't do the impossible, such as get rid of a feeling or control it or manipulate it or change it or replace it. And then I feel more depressed about that because through the um, prevailing beliefs of my culture, I believe that that's the way emotions work is that I can um, tell myself to not be depressed. I can cheer myself up or soothe myself or give myself some kind of assurances that uh, it's inappropriate for me to feel depressed and then I'll feel less depressed. When I say it like that, it doesn't sound like it, would work, but this is the belief that most of us have. And uh, when we try really hard to get rid of our depression and find that it doesn't work, then we feel even more depressed. We feel ashamed because we think, oh my God, I have this depression and I should be able to get rid of it. I should be able to get over it. Why can't I just cheer up? You know, people have it worse than I have. Why would I keep feeling this way? And now we feel depressed about feeling depressed. And both of those things, feeling depressed and feeling depressed about being depressed, are not problems in themselves. We're not at the point of a recursive, uh, vicious cycle of an emotional problem quite yet. We're almost there. We're very primed. We're at risk. Um, but, you know, it's okay to feel depressed. There are... Uh, the feelings of depression are valid. It's in response to things that are going on in your life. And the same thing with worrying that maybe you have a problem. Um, that, uh, you know, you're concerned about your psychology. You want to be in good mental health. That's really what, what you're saying when you're worried that you're too depressed. Um, 
But what happens is that there's one more layer. And uh, at first it can sound kind of esoteric, but really what's happening is you're, you're depressed about being depressed about being depressed. Let me explain. So the first stage is you feel the depression, you say, oh man, that's not a good feeling to have. Let me try to get rid of it. Then you say, I'm going to try, uh, oh man, I, I couldn't get rid of the depression. What's wrong with me? Now you're depressed about being depressed. And then you notice maybe uh, through the help of a, a friend or a coach or a psychologist that you're being pretty hard on yourself and that emotions like depression are natural and everybody feels them. And then you start saying to yourself, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just accept my emotions? Why can't I just roll with my depression and I'll, it'll last as long as it needs to and I'll get over it like anybody? Do you see what's going on here? You're depressed about being depressed about being depressed. And you're now caught in a double bind because you're saying, I have to get over my depression because it's a problem and it's uh, unhealthy to feel so depressed. And then you're saying, well, I can't get rid of my depression. And so I need to do, I need to roll with it. You're saying I have to roll with it and I have to not roll with it. And it's not possible to roll with it and not roll with it at the same time. And this kind of double bind is to be found everywhere with every emotional problem. It happens with anxiety problems. It happens with uh, anger and uh, people who are worried that their feelings are too abnormal, too exotic. Uh, it has a recursive quality where you do have an extra amount of depression because you're not able to roll with the depression and you're not able to make sense of why you would care about your own uh, psychological health and maybe put a little thought into whether you're too depressed or not. Uh, so you're just going back and forth. You're, you're caught in a cycle. There is a solution to this, or it's really a resolution. Um, and it, it really is complex. You need to appreciate the complexity of it. And it's really helpful to work with somebody who uh, has gone through it themselves and knows how to speak this language, like a coach or a therapist. But, um, you know, maybe you don't know the right coach or therapist, or maybe you can't afford it, and maybe you are doing the best you can by listening to podcasts like this. So you're stuck in this double bind related to depression. When you try to think about taking some steps to get back into your life, you think, oh, I feel too terrible. I feel unmotivated and I'm just setting myself up for bigger failure. And so I can't get back into my life, not until I get over this depression. And on the other hand, you're saying, I have to get back into my life because I'm stagnating and look, there's something wrong with me. Look at nobody healthy should stay at home like this and, uh, be so unmotivated. That's a tough place to be in because you can't get back into your life and you can't uh, not get back into your life and you go back and forth. The opposite of a double bind like that is a situation where you have options. 
So in the double bind, you don't have any options. You can't get back into your life doing the things that are purposeful to you. Uh, and you can't avoid doing those things. You can't rest. You can't allow yourself the space to be depressed. So for instance, it's possible to do a little something to tend to the major things that are going wrong in your life, even though you feel terrible and you feel unmotivated and you're worried that further disappointments will just make you even more depressed. It is an option to go ahead and do the stuff that your life is asking for. And it's also an option to give yourself space to avoid a little longer, whatever that looks like, to uh, take more days off or uh, move in with a friend or relative to give yourself space to relax and to not do anything. Both of those ways of behaving are actually things that people who aren't struggling with a depression problem do. They sometimes uh, go to work tending on, they go to work tending to something in their life that is meaningful to them, even though they uh, feel really unmotivated and are skeptical that it's going to work out. But they try it anyway, because that's a part of life. And once you keep trying things, you are likely to find a solution. It might not be a perfect solution, but you might find the next incremental step towards the life that would meet your needs more. And then another thing that people do that don't have a depression problem is sometimes they give themselves a lot of space. They say, I'm feeling too demoralized to work on these problems in my life right now. So I'm going to stay home and watch movies. Uh, really, that is something that everybody does. So here is where the perfectionism comes in. That's also uh, to be found in every emotional problem. Is there something about being depressed where we're saying, uh, if, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. And we would be in a better position if we did a little something to tend to those areas of our life that are saying, hey, look over here, this is what you're depressed about. And we would also do well to say, well, I only have so much energy. I'm pretty, pretty wrecked, pretty demoralized from the uh, setbacks and um, disasters that have happened. So I only have so much that I can do every day. So I'm also going to go easy on myself for uh, not being able to, to do a whole lot. And that balance between giving yourself a little push and giving yourself uh, permission to relax and to not do anything, that's what emotional health looks like. And people who aren't struggling with depression problems, they still feel depressed, they still feel discouraged, um, they still even err on the side of uh, doing too little sometimes. That's a human life. And uh, people with depression problems are often unaccepting of either of those. Uh, they're definitely unaccepting of the idea of taking a break because they say, well, I've been taking a break for months and I can't take any more breaks. 
maybe you need a break. Maybe you need a long break. On the other hand, maybe you're getting bored and restless and feeling stagnant, and it would be okay to make a list of the things that really need attention in your life and to do one small thing on that list and know that that's not perfect, but you could do a little something. This isn't a motivational speech I'm giving you where the goal is to be so energized and be able to handle every challenge without getting discouraged. That's a recipe for burnout, especially if you're already prone to emotional problems. But there is such a thing as making a little progress. That's doable. Making maximum perfect progress is not doable. But making a little progress every once in a while is doable. I've done it, and other people have done it, who have been caught in these severe, vicious cycles. I hope that helps. I could explain it to you with a lot more relevance if I knew your particular problems. This podcast format is kind of vague and kind of generalized, but here's me trying to do a little something uh, that's not perfect, but hopefully it sends the message out to the right person who needs to hear it. And if you're that person, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at marshallbolin at marshallbolin.com. Uh, I work with uh, coaching clients remotely. If you are interested, if, you're, if you like what I have to say, and maybe you've researched who Amar Barada was, and maybe seen the videos on YouTube that I made uh, interviews with him, and you would like to learn his model for yourself, please reach out. Um, until then, be well. And the next time I think of something helpful to say, I'll make a podcast episode about it. Okay. I love you all. Talk to you later.